0: Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. You know, there are two kinds of days on on this show. There are days when nothing happens for a long time, and I have to figure out and dig deep, and I can do philosophical things. And then there are days like this one. And it's amazing, because all the things that have happened since the last episode, oh boy, it's crazy. And you're going to have a lot of laughs today, because insanity is just ramping up, people are being... um, to say it using internet meme terms, being butthurt about everything, and it's glorious. I haven't had this much fun for a while, once again, because, well, you'll, you'll hear all about the weirdest news that, that I've experienced in a long while. It's crazy. So, what happened was that on, on 8th of July, five Azov-style defense commanders returned to Ukraine after several months under observa- observation in Turkey. The soldiers were taken home personally by Volodymyr Zelensky, who flew to Turkey on July the 7th and met with Erdogan there. On the afternoon of July the 8th, Zelensky's press service published a video showing the Turkish side handing him five servicemen, after which they boarded the presidential plane together and flew away. The description of the video on the Ukrainian president's social media read the following, quote, Returning home from Turkey and bringing home our heroes, Ukrainian soldiers, Denys Prokopenko, Sviatoslav Palomar, Sergei Volinsky, Oleg Khomenko, and Denis Shliega. They will finally be with their families. And, well, these guys were all in the Azovstal plant. They were among the toughest and most motivated fighters Ukraine had. Now, this obviously created a massive storm throughout Russian Z-channels and through Russian, well, political media as well. Russia, of course, instantly accused Turkey and Ukraine of violating terms of agreement after the return of Azovstal commanders. Dmitry Peskov, spokesperson of Kremlin, stated, uh, quote, The deal required the five commanders to remain in Turkey until the end of the conflict. He added that no one informed Russia about the return to Ukraine. And uh, to add some insult to the injury... Denis Prokopenko, a commander of the Azov regiment who returned to Ukraine, told journalists in Lviv the commander's plan to continue fighting. He was one of the five Azov commanders there, and, well, in response to a question about whether the Azov commanders would return to the front, Prokopenko said, of course, that's why we returned, that's our main goal. So, that, once again, created a mass of bizarro actions from Russia. And let's, of course, start with Dmitry Medvedev, and then we'll get to the war correspondence, because Medvedev, the old alcoholic demon, never ceases to amaze me. He, by the way, currently uh, officially counts as the deputy chairman of Russia's security council. And he threatened uh, to attack Ukraine's nuclear power plants and other nuclear facilities in Eastern Europe in a post on his Telegram channel. In his post, he refers to unconfirmed reports from the Telegram channel MASH, that Ukraine's armed forces allegedly, allegedly tried to attack Russia's Smolensk nuclear power plant, which is probably not true, and a military airbase in the Kaluga region using either 5B-28s or British storm shadow missiles. The Post claims that air defense systems shut down these missiles, but I would add that most likely such an attack never happened, because I doubt they can actually hunt down storm shadows. Also, authorities in the Smolensk and Kaluga regions did not report any incidents on July the 9th the governor of the neighboring Bryansk region, Alexander Bogomaz, said two missiles launched by Ukraine's armed forces were shut down over the region, one of which fell in the village of Bitosh. In his post, Medvedev wrote, and this is quite obviously his response to all this uh, public offense to Putin, so Dmitry Medvedev has to prostrate himself even further. Quote, If we attempted NATO missile attack, NATO missile attack, yes. On Smolensk nuclear power plant is confirmed that it is necessary to consider the scenario of a Russian strike on the South Ukraine nuclear power plant, Rvinia nuclear power plant, and Khmelnytskyi nuclear power plant, as well as nuclear facilities in Eastern Europe. Well, I, I think that my listeners in, in ignalina can, can sleep quite safe. I, I highly doubt this is going to happen, but this was just one phase of all this situation. Meanwhile... All this insanity there in Russian Z-channels was going crazy. But there is this little thing, the thing that goes through all of this situation that's happening there. You see, it's very easy to be anti-war in in this whole situation. It's really easy to be anti-Putin, because we know who who the enemy is, we know what to do, and we want to see the Ukraine win. Now, there might be some arguments about, you know, form of reparations and what's going to happen with Russia after the war, after they're defeated. You know, all in all, although we might have some minor disagreements about some things, in general, you know, we have a, we have a firm line, and we want to know what's happening. Meanwhile, you know, being a pro-war propagandist is pretty difficult, especially since Prigozhin is no longer paying all these people some good money to do that. So they can't even they can't even form their own positions. What was um, true and correct in the morning will totally be fake and not correct anymore by the official line if you try to saddle, what Putin says in the evening. So that's a bit of a difficult job to accomplish. Kind of kind of makes, makes you think, why, why haven't they understood that this whole insanity has been going on is um, kind of stupid from their part, but you know, I digress. Judging the intellect of pro-Putin war supporters, kind of not my strong suit, and I'm not sure that um, numbers can go that low. It's... Um, some irrational number below zero, which I've read their IQ as, but still. On the other hand, Girkin and his buddies, the kind of who they, whom they presented the real opposition, oh, they uh, they went all out. They weren't at all happy about this whole situation. And um, of course, we have some good old, good old Girkin snark about the situation. There are three posts that he made because he was raging, and all of his buddies were raging, and everyone who was well in the Club of Angry Patriots, a trademark Eastern Border Podcast, by the way, still. We still own the name, and we still own all logos, which might come in useful, by the way, but we'll get to that a bit later. Yeah, they went all out, and they don't, uh, like, put in at all. So there are three posts from Girkin that I'd like to read you. One. According to a report of the analytical department of the ABS agency, the operation for the urgent return of the Azov regiment commanders to Ukraine was carried out at the request of the Russian presidential administration in order to distract public attention from the consequences of the unreal rebellion of, of private military company Wagner, which did not take place in reality. According to other experts, President Lukashenko, the most likely candidate for the post of Minister of Foreign Affairs in the Union state under the supreme ruler Yevgeny Prigozhin, has personally addressed Erdogan with this request on behalf of Putin. That's obviously snark, but Snark continues on his following post as well. Quote, For the extension of the grain deal for two years, Erdogan promised his friend Vladimir to support additional self-propelled howitzers, open a factory for the production of Bayraktars and to support the entry of Ukraine into NATO. And he promised the other Vladimir that he would continue to lead him by the nose, since he uh, liked this process so much. Since the first Vladimir didn't seem to have enough of this, his friend Recep added five more Azov generals to the deal as well. And the latter, our Vovachka, in his joy, promised uh, the Sultan a gas hub, a nuclear power plant, and maximum financing of the programs for the Crimean Tatar people oppressed by Russian occupants, hinting that even more courageous and difficult decisions are possible, but on the condition that Sultan calls Putin beloved wife one day, at least while whispering in his ear. The snark is real and the copium is insane. And again, this is, this is Girkin being snarky, just so you don't get confused about all this mockery. And the final post from Girkin about this whole situation was, if I were Vladimir Vladimirovich, that is Putin, I would not risk accepting Erdogan's offer to meet with him in Turkey, because there is a growing possibility that they will forget to inform our president about his impending transfer to The Hague. Well, you know, that is quite true. But in general, all these people all these people were utterly fuming, because uh, you know, in the scale of evil, according to how Russian propaganda portrayed all this situation on the growing phase of how evil someone is i think third place is taken by uh third place is biden then second place is satan and the first place are azov commanders i mean at the beginning of the war if you remember mariupol was kind of bogged people were just bogging down and assaulting mariupol and the azov style thing although they could have made some moves and this fact that azov style azov style and, and all the mariupol events happened allowed the Ukrainian army to basically regroup and strengthen their defenses in other regions. That was a massive mistake, strategically, from the, Ukra- fr- sorry, from the Russian army. However, they did this because Putin personally ordered all the Azov guys and other Azov regiment to be captured. Like, at the beginning of the war, they even stated that all 150,000 troops that Russia had were just fighting these neo-Nazi groups and regiments, which is pure insanity. They had to portray some deep, deep, terrible Nazis inside of Ukraine, which is, as we all now know, stupid bullshit. But he had to portray them as the enemy number one, and he even said that, you know, Russian army don't fight, and, like, Ukrainian army don't fight us and everything. The, the Azov were the number one villains. And they even built, like, cages in this Mariupol ruined theater where the show trials of them would be held. And then they first switched them over for Medvedchuk, whom no one, especially those guys on pro-war camp, knew why would Russia even need. And now this happened. And uh, yeah, this is an Erdogan backstabbing Putin yet again. Putin being outsmarted yet again. And if you remember the whole episode about Putin meeting the war correspondents, you know that this probably adds 2023 multiple times on, on his list of how many times the evil Westerners have cheated Putin. Well, you know, Erdogan also just wanted to get one quickie in before, you know, everyone else gets busy. And it's just crazy. It's truly, it's really, truly mind-boggling because they built up this enemy and now they're dealing with it because it's not a priority anymore. So that's a bit crazy. But, you know, so that you wouldn't start to feel sorry about the Club of Angry Patriots, they have their own issues. One of their uh, guys, Maxim Kalashnikov, published the following post from another Telegram group. Because apparently they have been getting into some troubles with um, with quite a lot of well local Russian police lately. So I quote this post by Maxim Kalashnikov, asking for publicity. The police are blocking our activities again. Yesterday, the police detained our employee Sava Fyodorov because he stood up for a Russian guy who was threatened by a crowd of Tajik emig Tajik migrants. Oh, and whose employee is this? That's Listva. That's a thing. It's going to come up next. Listva is a bookstore and publishing house in St. Petersburg known for their ultimately neo-Nazi views. And this guy was a national Bolshevik. One of the truly most despicable people on planet Earth. Just saying. But that's going to come up next as well. Today, the... That's, by the way, yesterday this was posted. Uh, Today, the 78th police department swooped in and made illegal demands. They're trying to ban meeting with Igor Strelkov about Prigozhin's rebellion. What's tomorrow? Arrest us for humanitarian work and aid to Donbass. Right now, the police are in in uh, Distri and are forcing us to sign warning on the inadmissibility of actions creating conditions for the commission of crimes twenty of the Criminal Codex of Russian Federation, citing the fact that the event has not been approved in the manner prescribed by law. The warning is absurd and illegal. According to Article 54 of the federal laws, events with an audience of up to 50 people do not require approval. The event is non-public, and how can it lead to commission of crimes is The Listva is the only public venue of its kind that openly supports special military operation and the Russian soldiers. All proceeds from the planned lecture with Strelkov, that is Arbary Girken, who who is a scumbag, were also supposed to go to the benefit to the Russian army, now apparently to the lawyers for protection against the Russian police. At the same time, Listva is always being pressured and attacked by the police, while other book lecture sites, even those openly anti Russian, quietly conduct their activities. Gentlemen of the police, maybe you are fighting in the wrong direction after all. Right now, there are some in our shop, and they are persi- persistently offering Sava Feodosyev to go somewhere, informally, to just talk. And they're kind of named the policeman, and something, that doesn't matter. They've, they post onwards. We do not violate any laws, do not engage in extremist activities, support Russia with all our might and very much hope that the situation will be resolved safely. We ask for publicity. And yes, what kind of criminal activity, eh? And then Girkin commented on this yesterday. And yes, what kind of criminal activity, I wonder, am I going to be accused of? Maybe the condemnation of the Prigozhin rebellion or calling for a victory over the respected Kiev partners? Then yes, there is no, no dispute. Guilty unequivocally. and equivocally. And Ljistva is my accomplice. So, you know, yesterday... He ran into some, uh, well, issues there. And this Sava guy, yeah, he apparently had gotten into some trouble after he got into a fist fight with some Azerbaijanis, locals, uh, migrants from Azerbaijan to Russia. And uh, he at one point had pulled out a knife and caught one of them. And, and by the way, at the end of this, one of the Azerbaijanis died because he managed to strike an artery. So, you know, national Bolsheviks and Bit of a racist thing. And they're, of course, claiming that it was all self-defense and whatnot, whatnot, but, uh, you know, I hardly buy this. But, of course, you know, of course you would uh, think that this would be it. Strelkov was about to go there today and read a lecture, and I'd probably stream it too, you know, it would be live. However, this does not stop there, and I really like their confusion about everything that's happening with them, why they are being struck right now, but we'll get to that. But today, Prigozhin posted the following as he was going there. I am thrilled. What an amazing, what what amazement, what stunning efficiency and effectiveness. Apparently a bomb was discovered, quote unquote, in the Livki. The riot police came to investigate. Six cars. All because a uh, former former officer, Strelkov, arrived in St. Petersburg giving a lecture on Prigozhin's rebellion, which, as you know, did not exist in, in reality. Alone and unarmed, officially, not hiding, not with 10,000 heavily armed musicians, not demanding justice, and not even without a negotiating sledgehammer. Finally, an opportunity to show courage and bravery appropriate to the level of the threat was presented on Lienki. That's the street. The entire Lienki prospect was completely blocked. Well, what can I say? I have three options. That's Girkin further on. One. I am actually a greater threat to the constitutional order of the Russian Federation than the rebel and bandit Prigozhin with a gang of 15,000 armed thugs. 2. The management of Lietnyi, House 4, is fully funded and supported by Mr. Yevgeny Prigozhin. 3. General Zalo, head of uh, the local police has finally lost what even he, Alexei Petrovich, considered to be intelligence. Or he's also on Prigozhin's payroll, which is also not surprising given his long-standing sympathy for the money of Jewish businessmen. Or maybe it's all the three things combined. So yeah, cops arrived today and arrested like people and threw everyone out and evacuated the building and it was insane. And, well, they finally are clamping down on this. But there are two, two important things to note here. After the Purgosian's mutiny, the authorities will definitely be more vigilant about any discontent expressed publicly, even if you are a total Z scumbag. Girkin's immunity, the origin of which, by the way, remains a mystery, including to myself, because, well, I don't know, it's, it's varied, I, I think really the theory of him not having any, except everyone thinking he has some, may have come to an end. Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, a dictatorship reacts the way a dictatorship reacts by perpetuating and defeating any discontent. This usually leads to new rebellions and conspiracies. Well, but this is something that we all know. It, not even a point of remembering. And second point that's really, really important here is that the whole aphorism is first they came for someone, someone, and then I kept quiet. It's, yeah, it's just not a meme. It's a detailed description of the logic of any authoritarian and totalitarian government. Those who yesterday rejoiced at the arrest of damn liberals may find themselves in their place tomorrow. There are no exceptions of this rule. The law is a binary thing. It either exists for everyone, or it does not exist at all. And it's just a matter of time before this lawlessness reaches everyone. Here we go. And to kind of emphasize this control of what's going to happen in Russia now, where they're really clamping down on everything... Russian Prime Minister Mikhail Mishustin today, by the way, signed a decree that will grant the Federal Security Service, the FSB, 24-hour remote access to the databases of taxi service providers included in the government's registry of, quote, organizers of information dissemination, end quote, beginning on September the 1st. Taxi services not included in the registry will be required to provide information requested by the FSB within 10 working days for ordinary requests and within 3 days for urgent requests. So now taxis will be responsible for, you know, spying on people and uh, doing all sorts of nasty things, which is, again, interesting. But, uh, yeah, as as I think, this Russian liberals liberal opposition, which I truly do not find that entertaining lately, managed to surprise me yet again with uh, a bout of extreme stupidity to the levels of which I hadn't really expected Expected anything to happen. It's just the dumbest thing ever. First of all, uh, there is a besides the NATO summit in, in, in Vilnius, there's also a NAFO summit. You know the little cartoon dogs, part of which I am on as well, on Twitter. And, uh, well, they brought in kind of fun things. They did memes and everything. And then Kaja uh, Kalas, the Estonian Prime Minister, stated that uh, Greetings to NAFO fellows at the first ever NAFO summit in Vilnius. NAFO is a living example on how to disarm Russian disinformation with humor, intelligence, and enthusiasm. Behind every fellow is a real person who believes in Ukraine's victory. Thank you for your service. And then she made a video where she explained all the situation. And, yeah, it was a fun summit, apparently. I sadly wasn't there, but uh, people brought the shark to just, you know, make fun of the Russian tourist who had supported Putin previously, and then he was eaten by a shark. And then, sadly, they missed the the camel and, and what was the other animal who also managed to hit some Zed Z idiots. But then the Vignes team decided to, to fight against drone dogs and professional shit posters. And, you know, if you pick a fight with... Uh, with someone on the internet whose only job is to mock you and make fun of you and then raise money for Ukraine, you're going to lose. It's going to be insane. So, Georgi Alburov of Navalny's team posted, just a reminder that NAFO uh, Nafo spreads fakes and incites hatred. No, worse than Russian propaganda, only adds more funny dogs. That, of course, caused a whole kind of rebuttal of everything. And when he asked what sort of fakes does NAFO even produce, because... They don't. They just post memes. He posted a the fact that in Russia there's a popular song called I'm a Russian, which truly was popular, and that Nafo kind of um, mocked the song and made fake lyrics of it and posted them online, uh, just mocking Russians themselves. And, yeah, that's basically a meme, and that, then that was posted as serious proof, and that was just stupid. And he wasn't the only one. Well... <laughs> There was, there was this other guy who doesn't doesn't have much followers, but he was also following that stuff, and he posted that if you're from Baltics, shut the fuck up. That caused me to respond with the happy Stalin meme to that, but it was just stupid. And then Julia Latin, out of all people, who's a linguist, but she doesn't really know much else, posted, quote... <clears throat> These wonderful people, oh, on whose stage Kaya Kallas and Landsbergis performed, also brought a shark to this stage, which showed ridiculously ate a Russian tourist. Fearless fighters against Russian propaganda, to be sure. So she also mocked Nafo. That once again caused uh, another riot. What's what's wrong with them? You might ask. Like, why would they do this? Because this was just—I don't even know. Navalny's team just did some very dumb PR moves here. Fighting against fighting against. Cartoon dogs, which support you create and gather donations. That seems stupid. But I have to remind you, and I wrote a kind of a Twitter thread about this, but I have to explain why the Russian liberal opposition acts this way. I'll be using my own thread because I've mentioned this multiple times, and that's really a condensed version which I wrote for Twitter. So it will be good for, for here as well, because otherwise we're going to get into insane discussions just about them, and I need to make a special thing about them. You see, Russian liberal opposition is now an exile they've always thought that they're the smartest kids in the room because they in russia represent western ideas and others do not and they usually have had education and some university in the west they've had some ties with the west and they've taken great pride in being so above and much more intelligent than uh, than everyone else you know they've always tried to be the smartest kids in the room and they've always been ultra condescending towards everyone and they're also partially to blame about all this mess, because they are the reason why Russia hates liberal ideas and why they are not pro-Western at all. But you see, they, these guys also have no idea about the West, what the West actually is like and what ideas we have or anything like that sort. They've only ever learned the four show parts. They uh, look at European Union's... They look at European Union's kind of unified and diversity things and all these liberal ideals and they... They really think that, you know, you're waking up in the morning and going to drink your coffee, and at that moment you're thinking about liberty and equality and human values, and no comedy allowed, very Western, very liberal, maximum humanism all the time, non stop in our daily lives. It's because they live in this such political environment where, you know, everything they have been so far representing these ideas has it's, it's been everything for them and they've had no other life. So, also now that they're in exile, that are no longer the smartest kids in the room, although they wanted to be, it kind of shocks them. Basically, they think they know better what the West is like than the West itself, because they can't accept that what, they really, what they've spewed in their propaganda all these years and their condescending attitudes is not related to reality and that we live normal people's lives and we have fun and, you know, it's not all about the shiny ideals and shriving their monuments all this time. And the fact that, you know, there are real people making real things and having fun... Oh no, Th- that is not the, the Western ideal that they know for. And, you know, they also can't accept that what they've done all these years is not really not to reality, and that, well, they are no longer the smartest kids in the room all the time. And that people kind of don't want to listen to their bullshit constantly. So obviously, they kind of have to fight against NAFO because of their silly images in their head that just do not comply with their illusory image of self worth and aggrandizement and everything as being the. Only true fighters against Putin. It's massive hubris. And they don't even see their hypocrisy. So, no surprises there. It's just that someone, someone on their team should have just told them, to be honest. Currently, everyone, everyone on the Russian side have just massively failed today. Constantly. And I suppose that makes for a better evening. So that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Again, please support the show, either on Patreon, patreon.com slash easternborder, or, you know, you can go to our website, theeasternborder.lv, and click the donate button there, or, as I posted recently everywhere, uh, the donation link about the German guys who want to come with me to Ukraine and do the documentary there, where, (laughs) smidging out the final details I need to get the accreditation properly done with the Ukrainian side, which I'm going to do tomorrow morning as I wake up. But, yeah... Please consider supporting the show if you like my work. And, uh, of course, we will always be with you and working as hard as possible to make some sort of sense of everything. Das свидания, And remember, happiness is mandatory.